That's right, it's always a beautiful day when you've given your time to listen to Range Anxiety. I'm your host, Martin Donham, back for that 24 magical 30 minutes or so that we don't give you once or twice a week. And thank you very much to the Brady Bunch for keep on. You've got to keep on moving and driving down the highway in what Marsha seems to have called a big shit model TA. Yeah, I could think, you know, TA, Trans Am, shit. You know, it kind of works. Good on you, Marsha. And of course, we got to um, thank Greg. He would have been on bass. He was the guitarist, wasn't he? Who doesn't love the Bradys? And that was for you, Mr. Datsun, so I know you're a big Brady Bunch fan. And that's not the car maker, that's just an individual that listens to this Epicast. So today, that was fun, right? Brady Bunch are always fun. Good on them. You know, the story of a lovely lady. And today it's all about fun too. And it's about what the hell has happened to fun with motor cars. They're such, with the very few exceptions these days, and yeah, it's a drive along, you can hear the Model 3 screaming at me through its Pilot Cup Sports or whatever they are on Adelaide's shithouse roads. But whatever happened to fun in cars? Just doesn't exist anymore, does it? With very few exceptions, like I just might have said, and uh, be repeating myself. So, what's fun in a car? Well. I deal with lots and lots and lots of cars every day, you know, I'm that grumpy bastard that you talk to when you want to elicit some more fun from your car. And the bottom line is, not a lot of new cars are fun. You know, I think back to most cars that I've owned over the years, and there's been hundreds of the things. And if they haven't been fun in one way or another, you know, just like that big shit Model TA, they will go the way of the dodo very, very quickly. Yeah, I'm not saying that your work unit has to be fun, but even they can be too. You know what I mean? Um, so let's have a let's have a look. I mean, maybe I'm old and just past it. Yeah, well, I'm definitely old and past it. But maybe I'm missing the point here altogether. Fun cars, way too serious. Owners, way too serious. Let's have a look at some things that are fun, and let's go back to the very first concept of fun and that fun is the sleeper car right the sleeper car as the name might say is or describe looks like it's asleep it's a, a sheep it's a wolf in sheep's clothing and what it does is allows you to kick some serious ass uh, while looking you know like you might be driving miss daisy so for example a you know heavily turbocharged magna for example it's not a great example, but it's funny. So I like Magnus because I'm a masochist. Um, is a great idea of a sleeper. A highly tuned Nissan Leaf is a great sleeper. You know, people are that busy laughing at it that when it picks up, you know, a wheel and just obliterates it into smoke while gapping your five-liter Commodore. Yeah, it'd have to be a five-liter. I don't think it 5.7's in too much danger. Yeah, you go. Wow, sleepers are cool. You know, and. We've had some great stories in sleepers over the years. Probably the, and I think I've discussed this on one of the really, really, really early Epicasts, but my favourite sleeper of all time, and I've owned tons. I've always looked for sleeper cars, or at least to have one around, would have to be the Kappa Performance from the Riverland a Hyundai XL twin cam, one of the very first twin cams with an Eaton root-style supercharger on it. It was like a little... You know, I think it was an M, smaller than an M90. It was a little, little one. 
But man, that was so much fun, that car. It sounded like an industrial power drill when you hit the throttle, and it went, you know? I think it did something like a 13 second quarter, and you know, it was a funny little car. It wasn't a particularly refined car. I mean, I tuned it, so how good was it really ever gonna be? But it was cool, you know, like, and I went to a big um, biker festival once at a place up in the Riverland, or not the Riverland, it was sort of like the river, river section of South Australia at a place called Pondy. Some of you might remember what Pondy was. It was a killer music festival, and I was up there looking after a sand drag bike that one of the Pondy sort of regulars was running, and it was a, and a 300ZX V6 in a, in a bike frame with a big paddle steamer tyre on it, and... Uh, a lot of nitrous but i drove the hyundai up there so you know they were all kind of looking at me these guys are barely you know heavy units and they're kind of looking at me like i was a some little fat freak show driving a, a twin cam xl and yeah and it was burgundy of all things it was that horrible color so they were probably right and it was all cool till it was home time and a guy in an xygt replica it must have been it might have been a real one but i think it was a replica it was a bit scrappy wanted to give me a top end run now that was back before there were speed limits in South Australia and um, oh, we were on a private track that ran alongside the road so we'd never condone speeding on the road but I remember pulling out at an indicated 215 to 220 I reckon it was that was wound basically off the clock the Excel I remember pulling out and passing this this guy in his V8 Falcon with one of his mates on board probably you know he would have had a couple of tins open in the passenger seat you know, I doubt if that would have been mid-strength either. And uh, yeah, I remember just pulling past him, just doing the overtake on the limiter of just about in fifth gear in the little Excel. And there were big whirlies of smoke coming out the back of this old Clevo as it was trying to uh, put the wood on the Hyundai. And yeah, it didn't happen. So that was just a bloody cool sleeper. You know, before that, there were various minis and things that, you know, had hot bits on them and 45 DCOEs and, that my brother and my mate Mark Tilbrook had built and they were cool as well because you could gap most you know, average cooking version V8s pretty easy. Those things did high 14 seconds, low 15 second quarters. And it took like a nicely tuned 308 to do that back in the day. So sleepers are cool and you know, that's probably why I love my uh, Tesla Model 3 Performance so much because it looks like, you know, just a bland Californian businessman's car kind of thing. And yeah, but it's got, you know, McLaren style straight line performance so that's pretty darn cool maybe not 720s maybe 650s definitely so yeah I've laughed sleepers you know you can just lay down the pain whenever you want and yeah that's cool there are other types of cars that give you fun too and we're not going to go so much into the looks because we all we've all got different ideas of what cars are good looking and we've all got different ideas of what looks good and what doesn't I remember the first time I really got involved with Holden Commodore VL turbos. Now, everyone used to, you know, this is, they would have been maybe mid 90s, you know, early 90s. They weren't that old. They were five, six years old. Kind of like a VF Commodore is now. So the owners are fairly discerning and they were a pretty cool car, especially that Calais. And one thing about them is when you, once you lowered them and they were on stock sort of, or suspension with a set of lowered springs and you put a bit of power into them you know you had your, your electronic boost controller and your remapped ECU and you had like 12 PSI in them and maybe you went down and saw my old mate Billy at Adelaide Turbo Service and got a high flow you know high flow 
bigger compressor wheel in it and you know you were cracking two uh, things standard they had at something like about 120 130 kilowatts at the wheels they weren't you know much chop with five psi boost or whatever it was but tuned up with a bit of a high flow and a front mount you know put an intercooler on they never even had an intercooler those things um you'd get 220 230 sometimes even 240 out of them set of bigger injectors you know you'd upgrade to 36 pounders modify the factory ECU I was probably one of the only people that could do that right back then in the day but what made those cars so fun particularly automatic versions is that they had the chassis in them was so bad that it was good the things when lowered and stiffened up were just smoke machines at any speed any speed anytime anywhere you could put your foot down and the rear tires were alight and you were just sideways it was the funniest shit, you, you've, and I loved it. You know, you could just sit there and just smoke the thing up, and it was just bloody brilliant. And you could lay on at 10 kilometers an hour, 20 kilometers an hour, 60 kilometers an hour, and you'd hear that sort of spool up noise, and you'd get your dose out, your, your pod filter, and you know, in front of your airflow meter, and they were just fantastic, epic skid machines. And I really loved that. I just loved the fact that you could just be make a complete dick of yourself by cruising along at the speed limit just lay some throttle in and poof, evaporate the back tyres I found that fun, a lot of people found it was a fair way to, for them to put their cars in the wrecking yard so they couldn't drive them and loop them into shop fronts and everything else and you know Commodore's got you know, IRS, independent rear ends not long after that and it was all shit because they had a bit of grip <laughs> and you know thankfully that all changed to a when uh, the BAXR6 Turbo came out, to me that was, you know, I was a bit ahead of my time there, so I saw that straight away. That's the next BL Turbo. Particularly when you got one with the cart spring rear end in the ute. Oh, God, I used to love my ute because it used to just do effortless skids. And probably the culmination of the best Turbo Falcon I've ever worked with, and I'm not saying not the most powerful, not the most highly advanced and not the most highly developed would be my business partner you just heard from in at Epicast Ambush, John Munro's BAXR6 Turbo. It's 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 an old girl, it's you know 20 years old now. It's got 50,000 Ks on the clock from you. It's a NIS Pro. Do you ever remember the NIS Pro? BA Falcon Turbo or Falcon Turbo parts. Beautiful stuff, cast up nice. It's a NIS Pro Stage 3. And a little engine with some pistons and rods, a built BTR four-speed. So it's got that classic old clunky trans in it. But that thing even makes VL turbos look like a joke when it comes to zero traction. You can just ride that thing down the road, just pedalling it at 60 k's an hour with the rear wheels alight. It is an absolutely brilliant, fun car. That is one of the most fun cars. It requires an experienced hand if you don't want to end up in a... A load of trouble but that is one of the most fun cars around and yeah it, it's not much technically or anything else but it's beautifully engineered and it's just a really really fun car so what isn't a fun car right well obviously anything to do with the noble art of road routery is not a fun car don't even get me started on that rubbish right I mean there I suppose for a purpose to prove you have a little schlong or that you need to poo a lot because you've got a shovel for that reason strapped to the roof or you like to sit in the shade the whole time because most of them have an awning. I'm sure they're fun off-road or they're fun when used in conjunction with towing your jet ski somewhere and you set up and 
you know, you pull your awning out, you, you slide your fridge out and, you know, you need to nick off for a quick shit, get your shovel down off the roof, you know, they're fun in that regard, but they're not fun to drive, which is why you see so many people overcompensating the, for them being such horrible pieces of shit by wanting, like, honestly, in my, like, 22-kilometre uh, commute to work every day, I will have at least one road router with the stability of a, a, a house of cards and the acceleration of, well, a road router, which isn't much. Lots of smoke, though. Want to race me. They want to race. They think they're race cars, and they want to belt them around corners on their 35s to 37s, lurching and howling and just generally looking like cocks because they're so slow and they're just just terrible but to get your jet ski your ski boat or your caravan somewhere fair enough but they, they are not fun what else also isn't fun well this is going to come as a mighty surprise and i might not fast cars aren't really fun no because you can't use them anywhere R35 GDRs are probably the most terrible of them all because they're such a focused car that they actually don't make any sense when you're driving them to above, till above about 100 kilometres an hour, which becomes the national speed limit in most of this fair country. And when you can hear the roads I'm driving over now, it's probably no surprise that the speed limit is so low. But they're a car that tram lines, steers terribly, brakes rattle, suspension creaks, transmission groans at anything up to about 80 or 90 and then they start to get in the sweet spot and start to make sense. And at 200, they're just a wonderful car. But at 200, you're kind of dead. You know, not because the car's going to fall apart on you, but because uh, the Rosses will have you locked up in handcuffs and your car in an impound sooner than you can say, I wish my GR6 didn't blow up. And if you're as practiced as me, you can say that really fast. Listen, I wish my GR6 didn't blow up. That's about how long it takes sometimes. So yeah, they're not fun at all. Another car that I'm tipping won't be much fun, uh, but probably a bit more fun than a GDR is that plaid that I've ordered. You know, because it's supremely fast. And the faster you go, the faster it goes pretty much. It has, if anyone saw the dyno sheet I just posted, yeah, it's just a straight line power curve. It is just immense. Um, remember, take getting to 100 is going to take you flat on two seconds. So to get to the national speed limit, you have approximately two seconds of fun before you throw your license in the bin and get the car impounded. Even the Model 3 Performance um, that I'm in now is you've only got about three and a bit seconds before it's a bye-bye license. And didn't I have to come down the worst piece of road in South Australia, in Adelaide, it's called Glimburn Road, boys and girls. It is, you know, to all my, and I'm not saying this anymore, I've got to correct myself, to all my flogs fans or fans flogs, and especially the flat earthers, this is the worst piece of road. So you flat earthers can come down here and flatten this out a bit. Maybe go back in time on Greta riding Hillary as a lizard and get it sorted in between freedom rallies. Of course, listen to it, it's just abysmal. What are you doing, state or Commonwealth government? Maybe it's because we're not paying road taxes, driving EVs, for now. So, 
yeah, back to it. R35 isn't a lot of fun because it doesn't make any sense on our shit roads at our shit speed limits. Plaid won't be a lot different. It will ride a lot nicer than an R35. It's not as track focused and when you want to make it so, you can put it in a track mode. This is not a comparison between the two cars. They're different horses for very different courses and from very different times when the world were two very different places. The guys that do get it right, where you can have a supercar with supercar performance, and I've only found this out as I've got a bit older and been a bit more exposed to them, are the people like the McLarens of the world. They have this delicious skill of being able to make a car drive like with all of the comfort of a little baby Lexus at normal road speeds and have the handling of a knife-edged supercar and delivery of such at non-road speeds. They've got it right, McLaren. They've, they've really sussed that out. They've really got that comfort versus performance thing down pat. But you'd want to have, when you're paying 700k to get in the game for a McLaren that's worth owning. Right, so that's kind of out of everyone's league. Well, not everyone's. Kind of out of, I'll put it in perspective, kind of out of my league. But then again, so are most things. Well, so what do we do if we want fun? And we're on a reasonable budget. Don't buy anything really old. They are not fun. They are rooted, require maintenance, and you'll kick yourself for it, as particularly in today's COVID bubble of stupid prices for clapped out cars. There are a number of fun cars out there. Cars that I do uh, hawk upon, you know, we'll call it hawking on them, maybe suggesting that they're a bit on the weak side. BRZ86 is actually a fun car because you can drive it at 10 tenths and not break the speed limit. Yeah, the MX-5, another fun car that you can drive at 10 tenths and, you know, if you're breaking the speed limit, you're on it. You know what I mean? They weren't uh, not a fast car, but they're really enjoyable if you like doing that age-old thing of rowing through the gears and seeing how finally you can point the nose into a corner at 60 k's an hour and then you've got all these little front wheel drive things which i don't think are as focused you like that focus not a play on words there not as fiested um you know renault make a ton of beautiful little front wheel drives and hyundai is starting to get in on the act with their little i series things that apparently are a ton of fun albeit slow fun and yeah, there's nothing wrong with going slow. Like I said, fast is good for about two seconds, then all of a sudden you're in the clink and you're walking and you don't have a car anymore. So there's all these new little fun cars you can buy. Um, now, which is my recommendation, I don't really have a recommendation if it's powered by an ice engine because they're all much of a muchness. That depends on how much cocoa pops you want, how much snap, crackle and pop and how much um, weird sort of styling you like and, and stuff like that but my advice is if you value your license and you, you're hankering for a bit of fun and they're not sleepers because they will be winged and bespoke and everything and don't you know as much as I love my RS3s that's a special kind of person they talk about Tesla uh, lovers like me being part of a cult well these guys are a part of a cult the Audi RS3 brigade and you know you know what they you know, we're, we're part of the Elon Musk cult. You know what they you know, they are part of the singer cult. Because you're not a singer, mate, or 
did make, again, I'm showing my age here, sewing machines and overlockers. And what do those things do? You got it, they put in stitches. And we don't like stitches. No, stitching should be used and not seen. And when you gotta put it out there and be seen on a car seat or an interior, it means you're trying to distract people from something that's a bit more obvious and not quite as good. So there you go, Sam Cass, cop that. Right, so fun cars, absolutely beautiful. And as the world moves on and the noose tightens over the last of the ice, ice babies, fun cars are gonna become less and less common. You know, like most of the, well, all you gotta do is have a look at all of the hydrogen offerings out there are just horrific. You know, they're all just rebadged Camrys and various different sedanish things that, you know, are just boring and do not to 107 seconds. And at least you get to keep your license for longer, I suppose. That is one good thing about it. And most electric cars, hey, as much as I love them, or some of them, most electric cars and most of the new stuff that we get is going to be boring crap as well. It's going to try and distract you with how much Apple CarPlay it's got over the fact that it doesn't go stop or handle, right? As we know, there is only one car company that builds fun cars that are affordable in the, I mean, I'm sure a Rimac Nevera as PPRE are going to be able to tell me soon when they get one out at their um, opposed, opposition Anglevale pad to mine. Or maybe the many blakes have kicked in and they don't remember they said they were buying one. But, you know, the room at Nevera is obviously a pretty cool car. And it'll be, it'll be all these, you know, electric specials that are super cool, like an electric special Subaru show thing that just came out. You know, that, that will be cool. Electric Subaru. You know why? Because they won't have head gaskets anymore. And that is a real step in the right direction for Subaru. But, yeah, you can see, you can see where cars are going and where the fun factor is going to go when you speak to any... 10, 12, or 14 year old about cars. Most of them don't give a toss about cars at all, but all of them, without fail, if they know anything about cars at all, can tell you who Elon Musk is, they can tell you most of the standard features that a Tesla has, they can tell you acceleration times and how fast a Plaid is, and they can tell you which one they like driving the best on, you know, Forza or GT5 or whatever it is now, the latest video game. For a car company that doesn't advertise, mate, that they have got this one stitched up. Ask the same kid who runs Ford. Ask the same kid who Mary Barra is. Mary, electrified the entire industry, you saved the industry. Or even ask him what a Corvette C8 is. In fact, one's just landed here in South Australia, a dealer delivered. Right-hand drive, so there you go. We were pretty close in our last Epicast. But kids today don't know, they don't care, because the things that appealed to you and I simply do not appeal to them anymore. And they're going to be looking for cars in a different space that are fun. And there's going to be a lot of people hurting over this. They don't see Corvettes as being that much fun. They might think they're cool. They don't see them as a genuine ownership proposition and they don't seem to want to go to the dealership and buy one in five years time or 10 years time when they're in a high powered job because they just don't relate to it. They don't relate to all of the old thinking 
old men in old suits that smell like mothballs that are designing the cars that you and I are supposedly going to have the best fun in the world driving. So there you go. There you have it. What you've got to do now is get in your car when you drive home, when you're driving home, when you're listening to this in the peak hour, go home, drive slowly, drive under the speed limit, but most of all, have some bloody fun.